Welcome to Stockouts and End Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, helping to get ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. We've got uh, our first little mixture of rain and snow together. Well, they call it sleet. A little bit, a uh-huh. little bit today. So um, winter's coming in with a little bit of a, a surprise, you know, after such a long, hot you know, drought. <laughs> we don't, it's hard hard to say drought when you live in a rainy climate, but we did have like over three months without any rain. So that's a long time for us, not for you guys. What is rain? <laughs> what is rain? You've heard of this, this mythical thing, right? <laughs> you, you, yeah, you've heard of it. it. It might be a myth. It might be an urban legend. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Well, winter's coming. Um, so what do we got here, um, on the horizon? We've got the midterm elections on November 8th, and that may not affect the market as much as maybe some sectors over others, because it just depends how it goes and who gets control of the house and the Senate and what that means for policies and and uh, ability to execute um so you know that's where you could see some change um on the sector front maybe not so much the market um right because i mean if things are gridlocked the market tends to like that overall um so you know if, if there's more gridlock than there has been um market usually sees that as a as an okay thing so what's your thoughts on that? No, same, same. I mean, I, certain sectors, I guess, could do better than others. Um, I think like um, oil will do better if Republicans are control right. Green tech will do better if Democrats are control. So there's some some sector themes there. But like but you said, gridlock is better. And that's more certainty, right? No, nothing will change. And that's that's better for the market. So. Right. So the bigger news this week, of course, is the CPI. That's on November the 10th. And mm-hmm. uh, that's right in front of the Friday, which is Veterans Day. And bonds are closed. So when bonds are closed and the stock market is open, there tends to be uh, nobody around to police what happens in the S&P 500. It's like, it's like Big Brother Bonds does exert some Pressure also gives opportunity for, um, you know, big institutions to to be able to hedge better and stuff like that. So um, when one market is closed like that, um, it, it can mean that we move um, on possibly lighter volumes and maybe in a more erratic way than we might otherwise. So just keep your seatbelt fastened because, like I said, the November 11th, uh, you know, holiday banking holiday where the bonds are closed and, and other uh, other people might be away from the market and treat it as a long weekend. Um, there could be lighter volumes and with the bonds closed, we could have, you know, interesting movement. So keep that in mind. What's going to be important as we see what happens with the CPI is where's the VIX trading ahead of that? Where's the US dollar trading ahead of that? Because even tonight we see you know, a rise up in the U.S. dollar because of 
um, some more concerns about what uh, what might be happening with the upcoming elections and the and the um, in the uh, CPI numbers. So the dollars uh, picked up a little bit. And the market was was trading down a little bit, although um, it did did kind of pop back up. Uh, let's just we'll get to that in a minute here. But um, this year so far, like we have Dave, you can rattle off anything on the earnings calendar. That's this week uh, after I'm done here. But um, we've had most of the S&P 500 companies already report and 70% of them um, had better earnings. Now compare that to last year, this quarter, uh, we had 85% beating. So that was interesting. And that was coming on the back of the coming out of the pandemic more so, right? So, um, you know, 70% of beat this time, 85 beat last time, 80, which is a pretty good number. And then 24% of them are missing their EPS estimates this year and only 13% missed last year. So mm -hmm. it's not been as robust of an earnings season as maybe some expected. Techs definitely have uh, been weaker. Um, the def more defensive Dow and uh, the better quality S&P companies have, have done better than their tech counterparts. Um, the next CPI is on December 13th after this one, and the F1C is December 13th to 14th. So that's going to be an interesting one that we have the CPI numbers on the 13th before the Fed gives their decision on the 14th. Now we've been factoring in about you know, 50 basis point hike in December, which the market actually was getting more hopeful uh, of even the 25. Um, but mm -hmm. with really bad CPI numbers this week, for example, that could put pressure on a 75 basis point hike in December. That would be quite aggressive, but but I don't think the market was thinking about that. They had already factored in 50, even possibly 25. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one. We may not get the same results that we had the last time. Do you remember October 13th? What happened, Dave? Did we shot shoot up, right? Did you gap down and then shot right back up? We capped down and we huge reversal. Look again, reminder to go look at your charts for that kind of a day, right? So it was was very very significant and um, needless to say, <laughs> the um, the market uh, ha that becomes a really important inflection point. That that support number from October 13th is significant. So we might test it again, um, but like I'm just saying, be be mindful that. If everybody's expecting, oh, hey, here's a big discount on Thursday morning after CPI is reported. Here's a big discount. I think we'll buy it with both hands and both feet because last time, look what it did. You may not get the same result this time around, right? <laughs> because because that was kind of the the sort of the end of the, you know, 
we were expecting some kind of a capitulation. We were sort of looking at, oh, well, then we must be at peak inflation. The market's starting to think ahead and, you know, the Fed won't be so aggressive. So if the Fed comes back and, you know, is um, not, you know, not telegraphing that basically with Powell's testimony the other day, it's like, you know, hey, guys, um, his during his testimony, he was like, you know, we've got to be on top of this. We've got to be aggressive. You know, we're not backing off. And and so that that's why the market sold off that afternoon. Like it, it, it had popped up on the 75 basis point hike, right? And then what did it do? During the testimony, it sold all the way back down and closed near the low, right? Or on the low. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind that uh, the, the, the market is really good at kind of proving the most people wrong most of the time. <laughs> so whatever you're thinking, if you do the opposite, you're probably okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's, it's really important about the context as we're coming into um, obviously the elections here. Um, you know, I was thinking about a little bit more risk on towards the election, but it's important how we're coming into that, and it's important how we're coming into the CPI. Okay, Dave, any yeah. uh, earnings that you see this week here? Yeah, so some uh, big companies reporting this week on Monday. We have Activision, uh, TripAdvisor, Lyft, Tuesday, AMC, DuPont, Disney, Cody, Affirm, Wednesday, DR Horton. Uh, Wendy's, Beyond Meat, and Capri, and then Thursday, Tapestry, Six Flags, Ralph Lauren, Poshmark, AstraZeneca. So there's still some trickling out there down that will still give some more color to the week. Our, our okay. companies missing or beating their earnings. Okay, we got um, mid-month seasonality starts on Friday. It's the ninth business day of the month. We're not going to talk about it this week. We'll push it over till next Sunday. But just bear in mind that is the first day, but it's also kind of right after CPI and it's also on um, this veterans banking holiday. Um, so we'll just kick it over to the next week and talk about mid-month seasonality. Um, but I want to talk about uh, something I looked for here concerning uh, streaks. So I just pulled up the latest streak of close to close for the Friday the 4th, just for the NASDAQ 100, looking at open to close for Monday. Um, I think streaks, uh, using a screener like that can be a great way to uncover things without having to go, you know, uh, through charts and, and flip through a whole bunch, right? It just brings them right to your attention. So. The, the down streaks, number one was PayPal with eight down. Again, I'm only focused on the NASDAQ 100 symbols right now. So PayPal, mm-hmm. PayPal had eight down days in a row, close to close. Netflix, seven. Apple had five. Workday, five. Um, Splunk, five. Okta, five. DocuSign, five. Synopsis five, into five, and Adobe five. Now, interesting, 
um, people always equate sort of something that happens in a stock to be very similar to, you know, the next stock. So, hey, well, if, you know, five down streaks in a row is good and it's time for a reversal, then that must apply to all symbols. And that's not the case. You want to look at the actual statistics for when it's had five down days in a row. So let's roll back to PayPal, for example. PayPal had eight down in a row, but that's only happened twice in the last 2000 days. So if we go back, you know, for that eight to 10 years, it's only happened twice. Netflix has only happened three times that it's had seven down days in a row. Apple, on the other hand, has had five down days in a row, and that's happened 20 times. Now, I'm going to point out the difference that you can see when you look at the actual statistics, because with Into, it had five down days in a row, and its odds of being up on Monday, open to close, are only 35.7. Where Adobe also having five down days in a row, that's happened 17 times, so kind of similar to Into, but its odds are 52.9, so greater than 50 with average positive performance. So, so you can see the same amount of streaks, but mm -hmm. one symbol you know, is favored to, you know, rally potentially. And the other one is favored to sell off and continue to streak down further. So that's why it's really important to get in statistics. And there's no guarantee that either of those is going to happen. It could be just as advertised here, or it could be the opposite. Or they both could be down because the market's down, or they both could be up because the market's up. So you're looking for relative performance between the two of them. And the other thing is you could make if then statements. So you could plug in, you know, let's say um, I'll pick up into, for example, into is expected to continue to go down and you could say, okay, if it um, were to open and test the low, which was 352.63 um, for Friday, and was it was to, to break lower, then I'll go with the trade. If it was to open higher, but not outside of its range for Friday, and test the high from Friday, which was 371.66, and not break it and start rolling over, then you could short into intraday, even though at that point it's still an inside day. So it really is dependent on your if-then statements. You creating scenario one, opening and testing the low and breaking through it. Scenario two, testing the high and not going through that and rolling back, that would be um, adequate for a short. Uh, looking at Adobe, where that one we want to be long, we we can look at um, look. the low. Low. I'm getting feedback I'm getting again, feed. Dave. I'm getting echo. Something changed. Um, 
the low the low on uh, Adobe is 278.23. So again, if we were to open and test the low and not break through it, then I could see a long because the odds are for a positive session. The other hand, if it was to open higher and test the high, which was 291.01, and break through that, I can see going long with that breakout. So you, you can create two scenarios for the long trade for Adobe, and you can create two scenarios for the short trade for Intu. That's how to frame it, and that's how to use streaks. Now, I could also take those symbols and pop them into the web screener, just uh, putting the symbols into the symbol box within the web screener dashboard there, and just run the RSI, the percent B and some of the other um, of my favorite sort of signals and see what the odds are and see if there's matching ducks. Okay, so that's that's how to use the streaks is, is it really brings your attention to something that has had a big move and maybe, you know, potentially a reversal. Um, and you can take advantage of that by either framing it or by, um, you know, using it to curate other matching ducks, we can say, well, the RSI and the percent B and the streaks all agree. I think that could be a reasonable trade. And then take it from the open to the close and, you know, rely on your relative performance between your stocks that have the probability of, of, of the long for the day versus the stocks that have the probability of the short for the day. Okay. Anything from you there? Dave? No, it's pretty Matt. interesting. I was just saying, uh, for recommendation, would you use the streaks vault or go straight to the the web screener itself if you wanted to? You can use this. You can use the vault as a dashboard to, to kind of come up some ideas, or you can just go to the screener if you have access to it. Um, some people subscribe to just the basics, so that's where the dashboards come in handy, and some uh, want the advanced, uh, and that's where the web screener comes in handy. Um, let's just roll over to the futures now and see what they're up to. Um, so remember my context uh, last week, I said we would be looking towards a little bit more of a risk on uh, in the days leading up to the election. Um, and that's just because of the market supporting that through various, <laughs> you know, methods, I would say. Um, so what did we have happen here today? We opened down when the futures opened at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and we've been kind of climbing up slowly. So we've kind of filled the gap to the uh, previous day's close on the futures. So we're right at there for the Dow, just almost break even. S&P's down 0.12%, so very slightly. NASDAQ's down 0.13, very slightly. Russell's down only 0 0.04, similar to the uh, Dow. Um, and we've got the VIX um, now slightly up. It, you know, it pulled back from its high, still up 0.28%. So we have a little bit of movement in the VIX. Um, Europe, pretty flat. And uh, Japan, Nikkei is up. 0.24%. So um, we're probably looking at an inside day. I could see, you know, slightly positive 
but still holding within an inside day just because we did have a our larger range day on Friday. Right. So what does an inside day look like? Well, we open within the range of Friday, which was again much larger than Thursday range. Um, and um, we did kind of fill fill a gap there that we had from the close of Wednesday to the open of uh, of Thursday and even the high of Thursday slight gap. We did fill that in on Friday. So that larger range day, we could just be trading inside of that. Um, and that might be the the wait and see game that happens, you know, Monday and possibly even Tuesday while we wait for the results of the elections. Um, that would be kind of how I would be leaning. So my backdrop, my context is slightly positive, slightly bullish. Uh, anticipation, and then a little bit more unwilling to do anything until we get the results of the election. Okay. Uh, Dave, anything from you? No, it just seems like uh, Wednesday might be the actual day of movement and also Thursday, right? Because uh, election results won't really be announced until then, right? Well, I mean, you know, we 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 get often pretty good indication of where things are late at night if you want to stay up that late. But um, yeah, I mean, it depends um, how much. Um, I mean, how much reporting is done by the different, you know, it, it kind of moves east to west. But, uh, you know, with the bigger ridings and stuff, we don't know for sure. But anyway. Um, it, it could spill over into Wednesday. Um, like I said, the sectors are the key, maybe more so than the market, right? Yeah. Because what does what does GOP um, support? You know, what do the Dems support? You know, that's kind of where it's at. Um, looking at oil, that's always a big concern here, energy and oil. We were we were probably slated to um, be having a down session here for Monday, but it did open lower when the futures opened, and it's been kind of raising up a little bit. Um, I know Biden made a comment at one of the support rallies there that um, no more drilling. <laughs> you probably saw that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, futures are trading up off the low, but still down below the close of Friday. Uh, let's look at the metals. We had an incredible day in basic materials on Friday because the dollar had pulled back so much. Was rather, I think, one of the largest pullbacks that we've seen in the dollar for a long time and um, in gold and basic materials just shot up. XLB was up over 5% on Friday, right? So um, yeah. it's pulled back a little bit here. Um, I'm wondering if we've got, you know, a new floor that's developing in basic materials. Uh, but again, a lot's going to depend on the dollar. If the dollar's up, then... Uh, it's pretty tough for these uh, metals to, to rally and commodities in general, right? 
there's so one report on, there's one report on Chinese exports unexpectedly shrinking again confirming that uh, US demand is and European demand is uh, suffering right so more global recession kind of confirmation with that because they were they weren't expecting it to be as bad but it October I think it, it missed quite a bit yeah and we're probably in for the same thing I mean you know at some point with the fastest interest rate hike that we've seen historically not not the most but the fastest um you know something is going to break somewhere and with the inflation you know on top of that so we've had covid we've had you know supply chain problems we've you know so i mean there's just thing after thing that you can list and top it all off, you know, this fast cycle of interest rate hikes and the strength of the dollar. I just think something somewhere is is going to break like we've seen before when we had, you know, um, you know, different crashes that the markets had, different, you know, sovereign debt crisis, different firms, you know, going belly up or shocks like that. So I think something's coming down the road. Wouldn't surprise me. Right. There's just too many weird things, too many forces going on. Something's going to break somewhere. OK. All righty. You tell me what it is when the time comes. <laughs> tell me before. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, check your um, check your seasonality calendars. We get uh, closer to, you know, the the Friday when we have the first day of seasonality. But we will talk more about it next week on Sunday. And uh, anyway, have a good trading week. Should be interesting with uh, the elections and with the uh, CPI numbers, which are the big things. Was there anything else on the calendar that uh, you need to report on? The economic calendar? Economic calendar, we had um, just sentiment on Friday as well. I mean, we have uh, consumer sentiment, but um, there's some Fed speaks here and there, but Mostly it's that CPI number. That's the big the big thing for the week. Yeah, I would wholesale, think so. Wholesale inventories and um, there's some other smaller things. but uh, Yeah, there's an employment on Thursday as well. There's uh, unemployment, um, I think. But yeah, Michigan sentiment is uh, 10 a.m. on Friday. So, all right. Well, we'll... Uh, Good luck. Catch you next week uh, here and then uh, have a good trading week, okay? Thanks. Bye-bye.